Welcome to another episode of the Stuff and Things podcast. We are officially back, and so is football, and basketball is coming back, and it's still a pandemic, but we're we're pushing through. So some things have changed since the last some time we things were on. Have you're, changed. A, you're a dad. I am a dad. Um, we're going to get into that for sure, and uh, look ahead this weekend's Iowa-Purdue matchup, and we'll be right back after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Well, we're back. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It feels good. It's been, uh, how many months? We Like 10 months? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was, it was pre-Christmas. Mid-December when pre- we last got together. And Pre-Hawkeye Bowl game. Full disclosure, uh, we, we planned on taking a little bit of a break. Pete, uh, of course, welcomed his, his first and uh, cutest. Possibly only child. <laughs> in, in the first year, that, that definitely went through my head as well. Like, yeah, this is enough. I'm done. Uh, but yeah, we, we planned on taking a few months off, even yep. though we knew basketball season was going to be in full swing. Thought maybe, you know, once it got to be Big Ten tournament time, March yep. Madness time. I think we we were talking about we'd, it. We'd get back together, but uh, and then, yeah. And then the world stopped. Yeah. Last last we talked, uh, you weren't a dad. Corona was just something you drank. And, yep. uh, and uh, yeah, Iowa football was, uh, was Iowa riding high. Iowa hadn't destroyed USC in the bowl game yet. Not quite. Yeah, not quite. I think it was uh, about a week before the bowl game. I don't remember what our predictions were, but I'm pretty sure we we both uh, pretty safe bet. Penciled we, in victories we both for the Hawks. Wins, so I would think we're gonna go ahead and just call that a win. Yep, we're always gonna say our predictions were uh, accurate. And then yeah, yeah, all hell kind of broke loose. The summer was what it was. That's not really something I think we're gonna touch on too much today. I don't think we really need to. Student, or season didn't start. Uh, we're gonna play as, football, and then we weren't gonna have football. And now we're now we're having Big Ten football. But, Three days from now, Big Ten football is happening live on your televisions. Get ready, folks. Who plays Friday? Do you know who plays Friday? Uh, I Illinois, do. Minnesota? Illinois plays Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I believe that is the Friday game. Minnesota-Michigan this weekend. Yes. Is it? I looked right. at it earlier, and I, I clearly I retained the old, uh, the old little brown The little brown jug. I yeah, yeah. What they play the for. season there. Um, and then I think I think the first Saturday game, 11 a.m. is Ohio State Nebraska. That'll be kind of the, the new Ohio State who is trying to. We saw there was an article tonight in the Omaha World Herald. Um, God bless him. Saying um, is Ohio State Nebraska going to be like Nebraska Oklahoma? Is it the new the new version of the the former Big Twelve rivalry? No, uh, no is is the answer. Actually, you can't was, even beat Iowa in the last five I was years, looking, man. Uh, I was looking on uh, the William Hill app this evening kind of scouring to see what bets I might put down this uh this weekend and the Wisconsin Illinois line is closer 
than the uh, than the Ohio State Nebraska line. So that that, that tells you I, I I don't know what that says exactly, but what that tells you is that the people who are professionals at this think the gap between Illinois and Wisconsin is closer than the gap between Nebraska and Ohio State. And I think that says something. And it's, it is not even close. Like Ohio State's, I think like. Minus twenty eight hundred. So you would have to put down twenty eight hundred dollars to win hundred bucks. Win hundred bucks. Whereas Wisconsin's minus thirteen hundred. So less less than half that. What is the what's the what's the line on the Wisconsin is uh, is a three touchdown. I think it's I think it was twenty points for Wisconsin. Currently Ohio State's twenty six and a half. So Whew. three touchdowns for Maybe. one, four touchdowns for the other. Like. Is that in? That's at Ohio State, right? Yes. Yeah. That's in the that's in the horseshoe. But not that there's. I don't even know if they're having fans. Or not, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think any are. big team. I just big say I'm not sure is. any Big Ten team uh, is. at least to start the season. Kind of yeah, some rumblings that it'll... maybe depending on how things go, but oh, you Nebraska's going to have people by the end of the year. Who the hell knows? There's no way that Nebraska doesn't have fans in the stands by the end of the year. The red balloon industry in Lincoln is uh, <laughs> struggling, is, is tanking, struggling to say. But uh, that's all right. This uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Either. No, but uh, yeah, kind of a funny little note I saw that. Uh, yeah, you are right though. Illinois Wisconsin is the Friday game, and then starting off. Uh, Right after game day and Saturday morning is Nebraska Ohio State, so it, it feels good. It does. It feels good, even if the Hawks aren't kind of the lead in for the weekend. I I, I kind of like the two thirty kickoff in terms oh, of yep, and that's what first two weeks are both two thirty, so it'll be nice. Um, that's right. They, yeah, that's right. Northwestern is two thirty as it's well. It's been weird these first few weeks watching all the football and not having your team be a part of it. It was very strange. Yeah, it, it certainly has been like trying to find a team to root for. Like yep. I kind of scoured. I mean, I, I think I kind of latched onto Georgia for a little bit because yeah. uh, you know we've got some friends who live there and are and are you know fans of the of the Bulldogs. Um, of course, their national title hopes kind of went down the drain. Mm. Certainly wasn't going to be rooting for Iowa State and scheduling my Saturdays around them. I minus the Lafayette game. I, dis- I did. I did keep tabs on that one. Full disclosure: I was ready to cheer for Iowa State, and then that first game, Louisiana just kept scoring and kind of going up, and you're like, "Oh man, actually, <laughs> wow, this is kind of this kind is, of wild. This is fun." And then, but it, it just with Iowa State though, how do you lose at home to Louisiana, and then? You've run the table so far, beat Oklahoma. They've got their shit together since then, for sure. That's... So maybe that was just the wake-up call they needed. But, God, yeah, the t- taking care of business against Oklahoma. And then, I mean, they're they're really primed well for, uh, you know, to, to kind of run the, to the top of the Big 12 and be They right control there. their own destiny, as you, as they say. Is that what it is? I guess, but. I guess as long as you don't lose, you control your own destiny. True. But the big game this weekend, of course, is in West Lafayette, the Indiana. The biggest game to ever hit West Lafayette for at least you and I. Yes. Yes, two years ago I went over to West Lafayette. It's an I feel like it's an underrated college town. I like. I will say I liked when they had kind of the train tracks, not kind of when they had the train tracks painted along the sidelines or was cool. it the back of the end yeah. zone? I, they, no, it's the sidelines. Did it yeah. out? Okay, I thought it like maybe outlined. The end zone I mean, if way. you're if you're not like a of you know a perennially good football team, make make it something gimmicky. You know, make yeah, something make your fun. thing. And I mean, they sell beer in the stadium, so that makes it a lot more enjoyable. Never had a bad time drinking the one beer. Game, uh, the one game I went there to two years ago, kind of a disappointing game. But I think um, Purdue, man, with Jeff Brom has been kind of a thorn in Iowa's side. Well, I mean, uh, remember not it this weekend. It wasn't too too long ago that uh, Louisville was trying to, to pry him away mm-hmm. and, you know, make him the head coach there. Uh, in the in the ACC, and you know he's stuck stuck with his uh, his team, stuck with his program, and 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think generally speaking, when you look at kind of middle-ish tier, uh, not just Big Ten, but probably Power 5 teams, like a Purdue, maybe like a, I don't know, like a TCU, you know, your 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 floors are lower than most and your ceilings aren't quite as high, but certainly, um, you know, Brom has taken to Purdue um, uh, to some great wins mm-hmm. um, and, and some better seasons and, you know, probably has performed, you know, well above average in, during his tenure there, so... Um, this is not the Daryl Hazel Boilermakers no. that Iowa will be facing. Daryl Hazel, who's now retired from coaching. Small well, tidbit. Yeah, it, it's easy to be retired when nobody <laughs> asks you to come back. That's true. Is but, that really uh, retiring when nobody asks yeah. you to be coach? I, I, this, this is me now announcing my my retirement from professional basketball. Oh well, hey, um, breaking, you, had a good, you had a great run breaking on this podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, that being said, uh, Jeff Brom won't be there. Won't be there. Uh, who will be there is his. His brother. His brother, Brian Brown. Who I remember watching yes. play quarterback for Louisville. Who actually is a, a retired professional athlete. And, of course... Had a cup of coffee in the league. Leading the defense will be none other than our old friend Bobby Diaco. Yeah. So... What's, what was his the thing he said when he was at Nebraska? Is like, the strain. Do you see it? The strain. He had the weird interview he, well, he's with the press. A guy, he's yeah. a weird... Like, he's a former Hawkeye, but you're like, eh, yeah. He's, yeah, we don't really claim him too much. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a hundred others that you'd probably um, be more proud of. Last time Iowa faced a Bobby Diaco defense was in 2017, and they rushed for 314 yards. When, when he was with the Huskers. When he was right? the yeah. Huskers. Um, he was with, oh gosh, who was we with last year? Uh, Louisiana Tech, I believe, is where he was the D coordinator. Yeah, yeah. And because he's he's made his rounds, he's back in the Big Ten. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. This this game is. He was a good D coordinator for Notre Dame. And he did a hell of a job at UConn. Yep. He did a hell of a job at UConn. So, but I, this, so, and of course, uh, you know, kind of just roster wise, um, David Bell uh, is still alive. So uh, that's I mean, going to be trouble. Probably the best wide receiver tandem for sure in the Big Ten, maybe in the country. Yeah. Rondale Moore, who had previously opted out, yeah. decides to come back. Would have loved is, it if he would have Which is out. absolutely the right thing for the Big Ten to do. Yes, is it is. those guys to, to play. So, oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I'm begrudgingly. Happy to see him because yeah. he's an exciting player to watch. Like he kind of reminds me of Dante Hall a little bit. He is, uh, you know, kind of just that that I mean, human joystick shifty kind of guy. He's got some Tyree Kill, I think, in him. Uh, yeah. So there, there's going to be. I don't know. Uh, Purdue's offense is is not going to be scared to to throw it all over the field, to yeah. throw it on first down, to make you defend every every inch uh, that's inbounds. Uh, but yeah, I think that where the question is is on, on the defensive end for them with uh, with old Bobby leading the charge. Which I believe they they lost some starters on on the defensive side of the ball. They do return um, a defensive end that's fantastic, George Karloftis. He's only a true sophomore. Old Georgie, yeah, kid out of West Lafayette. He was a f- very highly touted kid coming out of high school that Purdue got to talk into to stay home um, and play for the Boilermakers. I mean, he's going to be an issue. Um, he had 17 tackles for loss last year as a freshman. True, with freshman, seven, right, true yeah. freshman with seven and a half sacks as a f- true freshman. So those are in the Big Ten. That's pretty impressive. Um, I think there's going to be points scored. Yeah. So right now the over-under is 53 mm-hmm. uh, with Iowa as about a, a field goal favorite. So that puts you somewhere in the ballpark of like a 28-24 game if you want the under. Maybe 31-24 if, if you're going to take the over. So... Uh, I I don't know how the hell you handicap um, games like this after you know such an unconventional offseason with you know a Purdue team who won't have its head coach 
with an Iowa team with a, a, a new quarterback under center. But I, I don't know how you put all those together to kind of yeah. even get in the in the ballpark of a of an over under or a spread. I think it's I think it's safe to say, and this wouldn't be you know braggadocious at all. I was I was got the better roster. Yeah. I was got the better team. Um, Purdue might have the two best players. Period. Overall, um, yeah. you know, with with Bell and Moore, but I think Iowa's collective units, both offensively and defensively, are are quite a bit better. I I would say if there's one uh, big advantage, it would probably be Iowa's offensive unit, all of the skill players, the mm-hmm. the depth on the offensive line, and I guess you know one way you could spin it would be the the extra couple of months that Spencer Spencer Petrus has had to prepare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd say the biggest gap in this um, in this contest is probably. Iowa's offense going against Purdue's defense. Yes, I would. I would agree with that. Um, I like Iowa's offense. I think. I think Spencer Petrus is going to be good. Um, if you look over um, Ken O'Keefe's career as quarterbacks coach, his quarterbacks have usually done their best in their first year, more often yeah, than not, because yeah. um, that was always kind of the knock on him is that they didn't always develop under him. I just, man, everything you read and hear Petrus talk in interviews, I I like to call him, he's kind of like the second coming of C.J. Beathard, but... He's like part C.J., part Ricky, part yeah, Drew Tate. He's kind of he's kind of a hybrid, man, but he can he can sling the ball around. Apparently he's a, mu- a musician, um, so that's... That's the CJ part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just like the rapport he has. I mean, he just he really understands it well. Um, like you said, he's got he's got Nate Stanley's arm strength, but I think he's got better touch and less fragile in the head. I just felt at times Nate got a little too much in his head, and it seems like Petrus just Petrus just cuts it loose, man. He just lets it go. But that being said, I mean, I could I could easily see this as I mean, it's the first game of the season. You're starting right away, uh, you know, with conference play, obviously, no non-conference games. You don't have Miami of Ohio. You don't have Middle Tennessee State to kind of knock off the rest. I, I could see this as a game where, you know, Petrus tops out at 20 passing attempts. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, you got a stable of running backs there. got those there. three running, the three-headed there at the, at the running back position. Yeah, led by, led by uh, Tyler Goodson. Um, I, I could see, you know, using, um, sounds like, um, perhaps the the Holiday Bowl um, game plan with getting guys like Amir some touches, perhaps yep. Tyrone Tracy some touches in the running game uh, might be something that's here to stay. So I could totally see this where you know the the ball gets spread around enough, uh, but Iowa really looks to kind of lean on you know the big heavies in the uh, on the offensive line, get some guys some some touches and some reps both there and at the running back position. And where, uh, you know, hopefully kind of just like I said, the, the superior talent and, and roster that Iowa has can kind of dictate time of possession, dictate the game, you know, march down the field, put up, you know, sevens instead of threes and, uh, you know, get out of there with a win and move on to week two. Well, like to, with the offensive line, I mean, yes, they lost Tristan Wirfs, first rounder. That's going to hurt, right? But they built a lot of depth there. I mean, Alaric Jackson's back for his fifth year. Um, vegan now, Alaric Jackson. I don't know yeah, how many could, offensive linemen in the country are vegans. We could all take some notes. But um, apparently he's it's kind of helping with his footwork. He's a little, he hasn't really sacrificed weight, but he's a little bit lighter on his feet. So um, I think he's going to have a big year. I think he might play himself into possibly a first-round um, pick. I mean, how many the table's set for five-year, four-year starters at left tackle at Iowa haven't been 
first round picks. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. that's got to be a small number. Um, one thing I think to look forward to this year is Iowa's grad transfer that they got a kid who was a four year starter basically at Indiana. Um, got hurt last year, his senior year. Been playing since true freshman. I think he has forty starts under his belt. Yeah, he's he's got plenty of Big Ten experience and a and great a, name. A, a great. I, I, I was going to say that if you didn't, Koi Kronk. Koi Kronk. Great he's, he's going to be starting at right tackle. Um, kind of solidify the kings both. of Kronk. Yes, kind of solidify the the bookends there for the O line. Of course, Linder Tyler Linderbaum at center is on a lot of the awards lists for offensive linemen coming into the yep, year. Yep, Remington. Um, and your guard positions, it's a lot of guys that have played a lot. Um, Kyler Schott, who kind of came out of nowhere last year, a walk-on. Um, and Cole Banwert, who is back for his fifth year, I believe. I mm-hmm, believe he's a fifth-year mm-hmm. senior. He's coming off an ACL, but he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of playing time. Um, and they just, they have probably what, what would you say, seven, eight guys that have seen good amounts of time that have good experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the the three you can write in in pin, you know, every single game barring injury are are those, you know, you know for, for all, you know, nine games of the season. And that would be, like you said, Jackson, Kronk, and Linderbaum. I'd like just, you know, lock those in. Um, one interesting thing could be, too, I could totally see, you know, since this year doesn't count towards, mm-hmm. um, you know, using a year of eligibility, by all accounts, last year had Justin Britt. Um, yep. You know, been needed. He would have uh, filled in just fine, but I think that they wanted to use the four games uh, and retain his red shirt. This year, you know, uh, guys can play any amount of snaps, any amount of games. It kind of doesn't count yep. at all in, in terms of, you know, counting towards that lifetime eligibility. So I, I don't know when it would happen exactly um, over the course of, you know, this Big Ten only season because, you know, in theory, all of the games should be relatively close and, and you know, kind of tight contests, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps with, uh, an Illinois exception or like a, a Nebraska exception, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but but who knows, you know, if it gets to the point where, um, whether it be up or down, hopefully yep. up, but, you know, yep. three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, uh, you could totally, you know, see some guys, um, you know, not, not just those who are kind of twos on the tube deeps, like your Jack Plums of the world, mm-hmm. but, you know, perhaps even some, some guys who are younger or, um, you know, would have otherwise redshirted to get in and, and see some meaningful snaps, which would be great. Yep, well, I think I think you could potentially see this being Tyler Linderbaum's last season at Iowa. I think he's already pretty well thought of. He's a third-year sophomore, so he would be eligible to go to the draft. I know he's very highly thought of in NFL circles already, as only a coming into his sophomore season. Um, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. I think as the year goes on, but you know he's an Iowa kid. He might want to. And not even just an Iowa kid, a, a Solon kid, right? Yeah. So, I mean, more basically an Iowa City kid. Yeah. So, anything else you can see, I mean, in terms of Iowa defense versus uh, Purdue offense, like you said, you got to account for Karloftis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who's to know, like I said, uh, it's been since, you know, December, last time I saw uh, an Iowa offense run, and that was with, a, you know, a three-year starter at quarterback, so... It's, uh, it's been a while since we've had kind of so many question marks going into the year, but you know the the cornerstones are there on the offensive line. The skill mm-hmm. players are better than they've been as a unit. You know, between tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, it's the best I, receiver. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, that. it's the best combo that I don't know since like Cedric Shaw, Tavian Banks, and Tim Dwight back in the '90s, probably. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, you could make an all-time or at least an all-fairness like. NBA Jam style offensive team, you know, like NFL Blitz style mm-hmm. offensive team out of the guys that are on this roster between, you know, Tracy, 
Smith Marset. Yeah, that receiving Good core saying. man is is something. I think I think Tracy's gonna gonna be uh, just build on his. He just he does everything well. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's an Indianapolis kid, so I think he's gonna be looking to to do some damage this weekend. First game back in his home state. Yep. Um, now defense, I think, is where I think there's more question marks. The defensive line, especially, um, you lose AJ Epinesa. That's tough to replace. Um, you got to find somebody who can get after the quarterback consistently. Um, Chauncey Golston's a fifth-year senior. He's had a great career, but he's never really been that guy that's going to go and get you eight to nine sacks a season. Yeah, he's never kind of been needed to be that. Yeah, he never has had to be. So this could uh, be his year to really become that and step up and uh, step into that role. Um, Davion Nixon uh, could be a big breakout year for him at, at defensive tackle. They've got they've got guys. Um, they've got bodies. We don't know if they have guys yet. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of similar in, in a way to me um, to the offensive line, is that you know they they may not have kind of the uh, you know the the five star kind of guys. You know they, they're mm-hmm. not going to have a, a first rounder with a yep. a Wirfs or you know an Epinesa. There, there's no kind of guy that you're going to put on the the headline. In terms of uh, you know who's who's on the unit, but but they have they have depth. You know I think just like the offensive line, the defensive line has seven or eight guys um, who have all had meaningful snaps, oh, sure. who, who can all contribute. You know perhaps not as three down guys. You know uh, I say that, and I think of of a guy like Joe Evans, mm-hmm. who you know if, if nothing else has only been asked to do kind of a, a specialty role, yep. or you know kind of a, a third down pass rusher role. Uh, you know, but I think between. The guys who are coming back, Davion, Chauncey, uh, you know, even even John Wagner, and then some of the younger guys who have kind of been building up and, and you know, gaining reps and gaining snaps over the last couple of years, like Noah Shannon, um, Logan Lee, uh, and, and others, I, I think you have a, a really good chance to have a solid and, and really deep defensive line there. Yep, and um, opposite of Chauncey Golson, we're going to, well, according to the depth chart, Zach Van Valkenburg is your starter right now, um, who is a grad transfer Came in last summer, the summer of, gosh, this pandemic just throws you off. That would have been summer of 19 he came in. Cause he put, on my fingers, but yeah. He was here last year. Um, he he came from a D2 school in Michigan. He was the uh, All-American Division II, um, came to Iowa. So he's a starter. He's, you know, he's a good-sized kid, 6'4", 270. Um, we'll see what he can uh, what he can do. Um they got another grad transfer, uh, a defensive tackle. We'll probably see a lot of this year from Northern Illinois. Uh, Jack Heflin is his name. He's actually a kind of the Quad Cities area yeah, kid yeah. on the Illinois side. But he said uh, in an interview, he was he was uh, the press availability this week. He talked to the media. Um, he said he always had two goals growing up playing football. One was play for Iowa. The other one was play for the NFL. Hmm. Um, but he was an all-conference player. At Northern Illinois, first team All Mac last year. And I think if you're into like the the, the pro football focused stuff, he was one of the higher yep, higher rated. Higher I don't rated know if kids. it was just Northern Illinois or kind of all the uh, all group of five or whatever like that. Yeah. So yeah, defensive line. I, I think you know it's yet to be determined. You know mm-hmm. what, what kind of cream rises to the top and kind of who gets what percentage of the snaps. Yep. But I think you know who the guys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think where the bigger question is uh, defensively is not only who will be of uh, and maybe not for the season, but at least for this weekend, who will be available in terms of linebackers um, no. and, and perhaps others in the in the secondary, but also just what that what that uh, 
setup is going to look like going forward. Is it going to be four two five? Period. From from here on out, I, I think, think this weekend for sure. I think yeah, absolutely. With with a team like Purdue, who's who's going to look to sling it and who has the weapons uh, like Rondell Moore and David Bell. I think you're probably four two five. Uh, I think you probably see time, a lot of dime. I think you probably see only if, one linebacker. A you're lot you're of right, time. if not dime. Um, so I think you know when healthy, Nick Neiman is is probably a lock to be one of the linebacker. He's kind of your he's kind of your Swiss Army knife linebacker. He can really play all three spots um, if needed. But while well, we found out this week that the starting middle linebacker, uh, true sophomore Jack Campbell, who's was is kind of a nice story. Um, He's got an illness of some sort. Uh, mm-hmm. Ferentz won't really disclose. I don't believe. I don't think he even said whether or not it was COVID related. I, I, he he didn't say one way or the other. I think the sense that I got uh, reading some other things is that it wasn't COVID. Okay. Uh, of course, which is which is great. Yes. But, um, you know, whatever kind of illness that would keep keep one from playing in a uh, in, in the first game of the season mm-hmm. is obviously you know not one to be trifled with or, or taken lightly. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think a linebacker, it'll be curious, like you said, how many will there be out there? Yep. Uh, and when there is, who will it be? I, I think well, we can see your guy, Justin Jacobs. Justin Jacobs is the one I'm hoping for, of course. Freshman. Um, uh, and there's, you know, guys who, who do so, have some experience, like uh, like Berenstein Wade and, and others. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see who lines up where, you know, not only for the opening snap on the mm-hmm. defensive uh, end, uh, but also kind of how that goes, you know, throughout the game and, and um, you know, take, taking that back a level to the secondary, you know, is it going to be? Uh, I, I think you can probably, you know, put and pin Hankins at, at mm-hmm. one cornerback. Yep. Um, is the other corner going to be Riley Moss? Is it going to be, you know, Juju Brentst? If it's Brentst, does that mean that Moss is cash mm-hmm. and Belton goes back to safety? Back to strong. Or is, yep. is Belton going to be cash, meaning. That uh, you know, either Brents or Moss is the third corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, if so, who's the other safety uh, opposite Jack Kerner? Is it L- a lot of questions there. Or, um, well, I guess on the depth chart though, Kayvon Merriweather's he's listed a free safety only. He's not listed on the two deep at strong safety. Um, Dane Belton, I don't know if you see this too often on an Iowa depth chart. He's the starter at two positions. He's the starter at cash, and he's the starter at uh, strong safety. So depending on kind of how the defense is lined up. Breaking news, Dane Belton will play. Yes, he'll be on the field. Number four will be out there. Um, Ferentz said this week that Julius Brents has had a very, very good camp. Um, I know Riley Moss has been working the cash position too. Yeah. So, you know, does does Belton back in, into the strong safety spot and Moss goes as cash and Julius Brents there at uh, at corner. And I mean, Moss isn't a small dude. He's six one. He's two hundred pounds. I mean, he's he's got the size where he can come up and and play the run a little bit. Yeah, for um, sure. And, and you know, long story short, having the flexibility is better than not, yeah. right? So, uh, I mean, the fact that you know they may not have found you know kind of what the the regular again, if we're just talking you know starters, I, I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now that you can't see. <laughs> You're also doing it on the microphone. Um, can't you know, hear. If we're talking guys who are starters, that that's one thing. But you know, kind of. What what I think is more significant than that is, you know, who's playing when it's, uh, you know, first and ten. Who's who's out there when it's third and fifteen or or third and one. Kind of that that situational mm-hmm. football. Like that's kind of really going to tell you, um, who who they see as the guys who they really want out there when when the rubber meets the road and it's time to, you know, get a stop, get off the field, yep. uh, and get the offense back the ball. So and- I I do think this is going to be a week where. Not just on um, offense in the offensive line, but probably really through the linebacking core 
and even through the secondary, you're probably going to see a lot of different combinations of, of Phil trying stuff out. And yeah, and and I mean, I think I've said this before, but in Phil Parker, I trust. I mean, he's he knows his shit. He's not going to put guys out there that aren't. 100% prepared and ready to go. I mean, all these guys have seen the field a lot. I mean, Moss has played a lot. Brent's has played a lot as a freshman um, two years ago. Hankins, obviously, is a senior. Jack Kerner came in last year and really surprised and really impressed. So they've got experience there. Probably the place they're least experienced is punter. <laughs> that could be an issue. The Australian 27-year-old freshman. Is he really 27? I think he's... Tor- Tory Taylor? Right? Tory Taylor. So you got Tory Taylor, you got Ryan Grisande. Ryan Grisande, who ironically grew up in Australia and then moved to America when he was young. But yeah, uh, and then another person at least that I know I'm forgetting. But uh, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Oh, they had also... a kid uh, from um, he transferred in from he's from Iowa. He's from Woodbury Central, but I think he transferred in from one of the South Dakota, uh, right? North Dakota State, North Dakota State. North Dakota State. Yeah, I think he's a walk-on. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, Iowa has two scholarship punters, I believe, out of their eighty-five available scholarships. Yeah, but uh, Torley Taylor, he's kind of born, kind of oh, a big, twenty-three. Sorry, born in ninety-seven. He's kind so of a big dude, though, isn't old. he? He's a good size. Yeah, he's what's he uh, listed at six four two twenty-five. I mean, he's twenty-three years old, so he's a grown six four two twenty-five could be a decent uh, collegiate shooting guard or, yeah. or even a small forward. So for, for that to be your punter, yeah. That ain't bad. Gersande will still do the holding and everything on uh, on extra points, of course. You know, you got the All-American, Keith Duncan at kicker. Still your boy from Lewis Central, still holding on strong, Caleb Shudak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, He's a and, senior, even. And, well, he, he's a senior-ish. Uh, or he could stay around. And, again, you know, any of these guys who are seniors yeah. or... Um, if or they want to stick around. Otherwise, could be back year. next year. So, yeah, I think Caleb Shudak is no longer 94. I believe they were... Number uh, 10. People were often confusing him and AJ Epinesa. Yeah, I mean, Caleb of course. Shudak, who I think is like... 5'8", uh, 175 pounds. 5'8", 175. So, not a big dude. Kind of seems like one of those soccer players. I don't... Uh, the, the Shudak name, I, I remember growing up um, some, you know, just throughout the district. I don't know Caleb or his family at all, but 5'8", 175. Kind of seems like a soccer player turned kicker yep. a little bit. Go Titans. You know what I mean? But... Uh, no, I'm I'm happy for uh, not just Caleb Shudak, but of course Logan Jones, uh, true uh-huh. freshman defensive lineman, and uh, hopefully Hunter Deo, who's yeah. a um, a junior right now at uh, at Lewis Central, to hopefully join the Hawks. So the uh, don't want the grass to grow too high between uh, Old Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, and Iowa City. There, that'd be great. I have a sidebar here in relation to Tory Taylor. He's never played American Rules football. He's only played Australian Rules football. Have you ever watched Australian Rules football? Um, very, very briefly, but you're telling me this will literally be his first football game, period. That's what it... That's first what, American football his game. His career on the Iowa website has experience in Australian football, but did not compete as a punter in high school. Well, I'll be damned. We'll see how this goes. I, I do know that uh, LeVar Woods made a recruiting trip went to, Australia. to Australia, and I, I think he said it was one of those where you know, he, he traveled there, he flew there. Uh, went and watched him kick, you know, met with him, talked with him, flew back, and, you know, it was one of those things where he was in the air more than he was actually, you know, there. <laughs> there. Um, type of thing. But, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't know exactly what the recruiting budget is for the University of Iowa, but I can't think that they would um, just willy-nilly spend money on a, a round-trip flight to Australia to, yes. to check out a guy that they didn't feel really good about or didn't, didn't really want. And I know that I'm a true Iowa fan because I'm kind of excited to see this guy punt on Saturday. What, what number is he? Do we have a number for... Uh, number nine. For Tory Taylor. Who's your bets on? Because this this is a thing for the first time ever. 
uh, the first number zero. You know, because you can now be a jersey number zero. Um, can't be can't be double zero, but you can be a zero. If I was Davion Nixon, I would want number zero. That I want. I, a, I would love that a nose tackle, man, or a defensive tackle, or or a skill position. I think it'd be cool running back. I want like a. What if a quarterback wore number zero? <laughs> that'd be kind of funny. I want yeah. I want I want either like the biggest dude on the field, or maybe like a fullback to yeah. be zero. Maybe um, maybe starting fullback Monty Potterbaum. Perhaps, perhaps, or or his backup Turner I, Palisard. I mean, I, I know how it goes. Though. Guys get pretty get pretty attached to their numbers, so I would imagine, I would imagine, I don't because I don't believe there is a number zero right now. You would think probably the first one would perhaps be, uh, you know, somebody who isn't currently there. Uh, but that, that that'd be kind of cool to to put bets down or or put guesses in to see who the first number zero would we be. Can check that. I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty sure there's no. No, there's no number zero. No numbers right, right now. Yeah, that's all right. Well, I mean, we've we've talked it through. Offense, defense, defense, offense. Even some Australian rules football. It's wild, man. Who uh, who, been... who do you think comes out Saturday though on top? I mean, pretty... I mean, I know who you think, but tell me how much. <laughs> I mean, I I've real I rarely picking against Iowa, I guess. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pick Iowa to win. Um. I think points will be scored. I think the weather is looking okay. I believe it's decent. You know, we've certainly hit kind of a cold snap here in the Midwest uh, the last month or so. But and Saturday, high fifty five, low low chance of precipitation. I mean, that's perfect October football weather. Winds. Yeah, so weather shouldn't be an issue. Um, I think both teams are going to score a decent amount of points. I'd like to. I think. I think a lot of it hinges on what kind of pressure. Iowa can get on Purdue's quarterback, who we still don't know. They're not going to announce who's starting until kickoff. So a couple things to that point too. Yeah, they, they Purdue knows who they're going to start. Nobody else does. Both guys have played. Both guys played against Iowa last year. Yep, Plummer, Jack Plummer, and I believe Aiden O'Connell is the other. Sure, kid yeah. Um, so nobody knows who that is going to be or how it's going to look. Also, it sounds like we know Jack Campbell will be out on Saturday, and it sounds like we know others will be out. Um, for some kind yeah, of reason, true. but we don't know who exactly that is. The I mean, good old saying of soft tissue injuries, it, as Kirk yeah. likes to say. Um, and, and gosh, I don't even know if he was really even that specific as to as to what. No, it was, he was so. he was very tight lipped, very Belichickian. And, and I don't know if that's in talking about injuries. Um, you know, a result of kind of just the weirdness with this year. They I don't, think so. They don't have to. They don't have to disclose injury yeah. reports and things like that, um, or at least not kind of telling in advance. I would imagine. Yeah. Perhaps going forward, if a guy's going to be out, you know, a week or multiple weeks, that would be kind of because what I mean, especially if it's COVID related. Now it's a minimum twenty one days. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're out damn near half the season, uh, or you know, third of the season. Yeah, uh, at the very least, you know, to that extent. So we don't know who else is not playing right now. Yep. Um, as far as we know, or as far as we have, you know, read or found otherwise, it doesn't seem to be any um, too many people too significant. But yeah, it sounds like at least one starter on the defensive end will be out. I'll go ahead and I'll put it in now. Uh, 34-24 Hawks. That's points. That's okay. the over. Um, but that's also, you know, kind of a, a bigger margin than uh, most in Vegas would have it right now. Tell you what, these last two years have been very close and kind of all have both come down to the wire. Iowa last year kind of felt comfortable at the end, and then Purdue was annoying and hung around and made it a ball game late. Um, I like your number 34-24. I'm going to say 31-27, Iowa. 
hopefully not as close as four points. Yeah. You know, maybe like a, a seven points at the end by Purdue. To, I think if, 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 if Jeff Brown really can't, I know they're petitioning to try to get some sort of communication to where he can talk to the staff because he's a great in-game coach. Um, if he's not on the sideline and can't be in communication at all, I think that's going to be a big deal. Which we should point out is what the Big Ten said would be the case should a coach not be able to coach due to testing positive, that he would not be able to have any communication, electronic or otherwise, with the team during the game. Why? I don't know exactly. I mean, why he couldn't be sitting at home and texting a guy this or that? Yeah, texting I mean, his brother. I mean... I, I don't understand why being sick with something would preclude somebody from being able to participate, you know, virtually or mm-hmm. texting. Like, also, how are you gonna how are you gonna oversee that? How are you gonna enforce that? Right? Yeah. If he does or doesn't, he's probably got his brother's phone number. I, I would think so. I would think so. Um, I think another thing, you know, lack of fans with Spencer Petrus is his first start. It's not going to be a hostile environment. Not to say that Purdue ever is really, even with fans. Um, but two years ago, I was impressed with with their fans there. But so it'll be a little bit, maybe a little more relaxed for him, and he won't quite have to be so, won't have as many nerves, maybe. Um, but also, I feel like when Iowa plays in those type of environments, you know, not many fans, quiet, sleepy, as it's called sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they don't always start very well. But I think, I think, man, these kids have been. Chomping at the bit. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're ready to go. I yeah. don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, everything over the summer and then yep. the season happening and then not happening and then uh, definitely not happening and then rehappening again and then uh, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine you know that that the off season has been you know anything close to traditional. Uh, but I, I I would agree with you that I would imagine you know at the very least once they knew it was going to be a green light mm-hmm. that they they were all. You know, geared up and ready to go. Who's your who? Who's uh, got the good stat liner? Who on Sunday are you going to go? Man, that's he was awesome yesterday. Who's your uh, Who's your pick to click? My my, my PTC. Uh, I'm a I'm gonna another guy. So you you kind of said J- Justin Jacobs has my heart a little bit. He does. Brandon Smith is the same way on offense. Mm-hmm. Like I I watch Brandon Smith and I think of you know the catch he had against Penn State in the end zone that touchdown catch. Mm-hmm. I think of um, you know, his whole, you know, 25% of his career as, as a true freshman when he just had to play because there was nobody out yeah. there. And, and what what kind of a waste that was. I think he could be a guy that we see come back next year. That that wouldn't be all bad. Big Brandon Smith fan here. So um, this is, and, and, you know, and I think deservedly so, Amir's going to garner a lot of attention, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Um, you know, in the receiving game, uh, Sam Laporta is going to garner a lot mm-hmm. of attention. Uh, certainly, gosh, we hadn't even talked about Iowa's tight ends. Certainly, they're all known commodities, but like you know, I I feel like you know, with Brandon missing a good chunk of last year, uh, kind of getting back and getting right for uh, for the bowl game, that uh, he's going to be ready and rearing to go. So, I'm hoping for it to to be Brandon Smith number 12. What do you got? I like Tyrone Tracy, Mm -hmm. it might be a little obvious. Again, playing in his home state, he wants to show out back in his home state. Um, I just think I think he's the most versatile guy on the team. Um, he, Over Amir, yeah. I mean, and and I, I think that his, is kind of rhetorical. I think his but... size. Amir's got a lot of speed, but I think Tyrone's got a little more wiggle to him. And I mean, Tyrone's a little more compact. He's kind of almost got a running back build. Yeah. I mean, I mean Amir's fact, Amir's think... much more linear, and I mean, yeah, you get him in space. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> 
But but I, I think they even talked about um, you know early in his career Tyrone perhaps being a running mm-hmm. back or you know maybe well he was a running back in high school ch- checked him out there you know for for the first little bit of camp but yeah I mean I I don't know who the most versatile is I just know that I like having both Tyrone Tracy and Amir Smith Marset and Brandon Smith and Sam Laporta, and Nico Organi and Sean Byer and Nico Organi and apparently Charlie Jones yeah and Elijah Yelverton like give Luke, me all of Luke the weapons. Lachey. Nick Lachey's cousin, Nick Luke. Lachey's cousin. I don't think he is, but we're going to call him I thought he actually that. was. Oh, really? He I might don't know. be. Somebody Google that for us, would you? Um, I wonder if we'll see any true freshmen that um, jump out. I know in some practice pictures, Quavon Matthews, a true freshman wide receiver out of Florida, was kind of running with the... the Marcus Pascal special. With the upper, with the ones a little bit. Um, yep. Uh, who else was I going to say? I think defensively, my guy I'm picking to have a big game... I think Julius Prince. I love it. I would love it. Again. Another Indianapolis another kid. Another indie kid. He got burned a couple years ago there at Purdue well, with that late, no, that got, late pass interference a, call. He got a terrible PI called against him. That, that was you know, right in front of me. We were sitting right in that game. end zone. Yeah. I'd love to see I'd love to see Ivory Kelly Martin, you know, break out too. Yeah, I mean that would be nice. Um again, get him in the end zone. P- part of this depends on, you know, what happens within the flow of the game. Is it gonna be a tight game throughout where, you know, ball control is paramount? Is it gonna be um, a case where, you know, one team kind of pulls ahead or, or, or pulls away, and then you can kind of get some other guys some some reps and mop-up time. But um, ever since – I mean, similar to Brandon Smith, ever since he, uh, you know, kind of came to Iowa, got going just a little bit, and then kind of got um, sideways. Nice would, would, would be uh, Nice yeah, Ivory Kelly Barton. So I would love it if, you know, he could get – you know, 10 carries, get, get in the end zone mm-hmm. once, that, that'd be fantastic. One random name that I'm going to throw out just because he's got the coolest nickname on the team, Sebastian Castro. Sebastian Castro is the backup strong safety, I believe, right now. What is his nickname? I don't even know his nickname. What is his nickname? Seabass. Well, okay. I should have guessed that. Yeah. That's pretty good, though. Um, but, no, he's he. they really like him, I know. Um, Richard Freshman. Um, probably see him mainly on uh, special teams. Yeah, that'll be the really interesting thing too, because you know, like I said, with with the the no four game rule, um, gosh, you could see you can play you, you any could of see a, a ton of true freshmen. You know, here that uh, Jay Higgins linebacker uh, again, another Indianapolis kid. Um, they, I know they, a lot of good things about him so far in camp. Um, the big defensive end um, was it Deontay Craig? Deontay Craig, another Indiana. another Indianapolis kid. <laughs> yep. uh, they're recruiting that town very well right now. Um, yeah, shout out Calvin Bell. He was probably one of the. I think he was the highest rated kid in this last class that's come in. Yeah. Um, maybe he gets maybe he gets a look um, on some third downs just to get after the quarterback. Again, there's nothing to lose with that. Yep. nothing to lose. You can. So why not? Uh, what number is forty five? Number forty five. That's what. He is. That's a kind of a weird defensive end. Number, it is. But still whatever. He's 6'3", 250. I mean, he's got he's bigger than Joe Evans. 6'3", 250. Damn, I'm kind of pushing that myself. I know, but we don't quite look like them. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right, so that's kind of where we uh, see the bas- or the football game this weekend. We're going to take a quick break here, uh, maybe come back, talk a little bit of basketball, um, and then uh, wrap things up for our Welcome Back episode of the Stuff and Things podcast. Welcome back, Pete. It's good to see you. It's good to have you here. Um, and also, just a reminder, make sure... Go check out our sponsor, Deadeye Barbecue Sauce. If you're in Hy-Vee and you're like, hmm, 
I want to cook some you know, burgers. You got some ribs maybe this weekend. If you're going to barbecue, I know the weather might suck. But you do, might I'm still doing, be. I'm doing some Smokies this weekend as well. I'm doing right. Smokies. You know what would be great with Smokies? Buffalo chicken dip. Deadeye barbecue sauce. That, I'm, it's, it's in the cabinet right now. It's Go get some. Right try it out. It's delicious. Take our word for it. We'll be back after this. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right, let's talk some Iowa basketball. They're getting ready for the Big Ten tournament, aren't they? Yeah. That that's yeah, that's kinda of where we left things off. That Actually, was, I mean, no, where no, we left we, things off in December. That was probably shortly after the DePaul game where we were like uh Which was yikes. Yeah. Um, when was that? Let's we do have the last year's schedule. We, we uh, haven't talked much basketball. Granted there hasn't been much basketball, but uh Luca Garza, you think he's going to come back? Your thoughts? I think I've I've heard good things that he's going to be coming back. I mean, c- kind of a surprise to me, although um, you know, the, the more uncertain, there's just so much uncertainty. Yeah. yeah, the more uncertain things got, the the more it seemed like the safe play to at least you know say you're going to come back to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we were we were kind of just barely past the Iowa Iowa State we were, game. Yeah, we were just past Iowa Iowa State going into the Cincinnati game, which was a hell of a fun game. And, and at that point, fun. we kind of all. New, like we think they're gonna be good. Well, and, and I think you know at that point too, we we kind of informally knew that that was Jabo's last game of the season because he was, uh, you know, his his other hip was was acting up. So and Luca just went nuts, and, and then Luca uh, went off. Yeah, um, but so far though, we have uh, like two two to four ish games for sure. Yeah, they're, they're gonna be hosting their own. Multi-team event, as they call it. Yeah, so mini-tournament. So they'll bring in, like, a couple low-level regional-ish teams, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe some directional Michigan Something. schools. Directional Michigan, directional Maybe, maybe Central Michigan with uh, former Iowa, Keno Davis is the coach there. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tom that's Davis right. is that's right. Uh, maybe that could be an option. But um, the, the big game, though, December 19th with possibly number one, Gonzaga. It is a Saturday, um, but if you need to put in your PTO request now, uh, December nineteenth could yep. be a big day between uh, the Big Ten football championship and uh, earlier in the day Iowa versus number one Gonzaga at the Sanford Pentagon in I Sioux am... Falls, South Dakota. So, quick fast forward slash recap: uh, Ryan Craner gone. Uh-huh. Um, you know, great, great Hawkeye. Riley um, Till gone. Riley Grad Till, transferred. Um, and I can't remember if you see Polly, Cal Polly. Yeah, something like that. I think Cal I can't Pauly. remember. It's close to George. If as of right his now, his out there. That conference is playing though, so ho- hopefully he gets a year in. Um, so they lose a couple guys who played meaningful minutes mm-hmm. last year for sure. Craner, um, Luca comes back. Uh, you get uh, a healthy Jordan Bohannon with two brand new hips. Yep. 
You get who's saying he's in his best shape he's been in since yeah. since he's been in Iowa. You get as a five year. new freshmen. You get yeah. uh, everybody else with one more year of experience under your belt. And I guess first question I'll pose to you. So a lot of pieces um, by most accounts a top ten preseason team. By some accounts, a top five preseason team. That makes me nervous as an Iowa fan. Yes, extremely. um, Are we going to get to the point quickly where Fran has too many guys at his disposal and the bitch gets a little bit long and he, um, you know, starts playing 14 guys a game? What do you think? That's my biggest fear with this team is that he has too many guys. Um, That was kind of a blessing in disguise last year with the injuries that Fran wasn't able to mass sub like he sometimes likes to. Um, the, yeah, the five, five guy freshman class, um, two guys, are legacy kids, uh, Kenyon Murray's twin boys, yeah. uh, Keegan and Chris, which per Jordan Bohannon today on his podcast said they cannot tell them apart when they're not wearing their Jersey numbers, um, during drills when they're supposed to shout out names, they just call them twin because they look, I mean, they're identical twins, but Sometimes some identical twins might have a few things that, that distinguish them. These guys don't. They have to have their jersey numbers on or they can't tell them apart. Um, but those guys are big, you know, 6'8", 215 pounds, long. Can, as Fran likes to say, dribble, pass, shoot. They can do a little bit of everything. Um, the big guy they have in, uh, the the London Londoner, uh, Josh Ogundele, who played at an academy out in Boston, I believe. Um, Worcester, Worcester, Worcester Academy probably won't be looked at to do much this year. Hopefully, I mean that that is if if I will say uh, that is kind of one area where at least last year, um, if Luca got into foul trouble and you know how Fran kind of has his hard and fast rules about you know, two fouls, three, three fouls, fouls in the first you're half, you're done. Um, you know, in situations like that where either Creener or Luca kind of got into that situation. There were no more post players, uh-huh. <laughs> really. So, I mean, uh, with I think Cre- Nunji slides into that. Yeah, role. with Creener leaving, I mean, Nunji. I mean, obviously, fourth year, like, fourth year sophomore. Sounds like he's, he's on. Pre- he's on the Jess Settles track. Sounds like he's pretty beefed up. And of course, uh, again, I believe similarly to football, this year will not count towards eligibility. He could be a seventh year senior. That is some shit right there. <laughs> he could be a, what a twenty five year old senior. That's that's something else. Meanwhile, half the NBA is younger than him. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so no more Creener. So who, who's going to be the guy getting minutes uh, as a as a post or acting as a post or at least, you know, the tallest, biggest guy on the court uh, when Luka is out? Um, I, I agree with you. Probably Nunji sliding into come up some kind of stretch four, stretch five type oh, of thing. Oh, for sure. Um, but He's definitely bulked up a lot. There's not too many other big bodies on the roster other than um, – other than old, you know, Ogundale. Big J.O. Josh. And maybe, I mean, Connor played some of the four, played some minutes at the four last year. Um, but as a true, yeah, as a five, I, yeah, mean, so, it's, I mean, it's Luca, Nunji, and Ogundale. Uh Fun fact, though, yeah, uh, Jack Nunji by the end of the season, will be 22 years old already. With? As a sophomore. With? Uh, with possibly three more years. Yeah, three more he years. He could ago. be a 25-year-old senior. That's younger than I believe Jason Tatum, yeah, um, and, and many others in the NBA. He yeah. was still born in he was born in '99. Probably not many of the guys on the team. That'll be about the last time that happens. Yeah, which that's crazy. Um, but no, man, this team they they got weapons. 
They're going to be tough to stop. Frederick. How many like people was, can they stop? Was yeah, was banged up last year, and I think you know to, to that point, that's going to be the, the same question that we've asked many of the Fran teams. Um, plenty of okay, so it all starts with with Luca in the middle. Yeah, plenty of shooting between uh, CJ Frederick, Jabo. Um, you know, kind of the, the, the change of pace guard with Joe Toussaint. Yep. Um, a lot of the other guys. Uh, you know, Patrick McCaffrey. He's I, I think he's a bit of a forgotten man. Um, you can do a lot of different things with this roster. It's I mean, just going to be, are, like you said, are they going to be able to to score enough to, to make, make keep their, everybody happy? To, yeah, to, and to make their defense a, a bit of a moot point if they have an off night. Will they just be able to overpower people with the offensive weapons? That I they think have? that's probably going to be the name of the game. Um, I keep I keep forgetting about Patrick McCaffrey. Anytime I talk about Iowa basketball, I mean he was a top. What for sure top one hundred? I think he was top eighty, top ninety. At some points, top fifty. Even yeah, he was, and then in he the class. and then he committed to Iowa, and they're like, yeah, well, yeah. But it's this is probably what the most anticipated basketball season since probably the eighties, late eighties. Which I can't I say I remember. <laughs> yep, I was I was alive, but not didn't know what the was going on. So yeah, I I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah. So that's all to say, like it's very unnerving, like it. Somebody asked, "Would you rather have football or ba- or basketball this year?" And I'm I would basketball. I just because of what this team could do. If it had to be one versus, but that the other. also made me more nervous. I, I will say too that preseason basketball rankings are stupid. Are stupid, and they're and they're ten times more worthless than preseason football rankings. Give me a paper and a pen, and I can write a pretty darn good. Football top twenty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put in Alabama, Clemson. Yeah. Uh, you know, five more SEC teams, uh, a couple ACC teams, some Big Ten, and a, and a couple Big Twelve, and then you know one or two outsiders, and, and that'll be a pretty close top twenty five. The top twenty five preseason in basketball is so historically just there's so much turnover on basketball rosters. Bingo, yeah, I, and that, and you know, between schedules changing with um, you know the non conference games and God, you know, kind of just, you know, to continue the theme, you know, the unconventional offseason that this has been for, um, you know, both football and basketball, you know, who the hell really knows. But yep. like I said, um, I do I do love Iowa's roster. I like their chances. It sounds like it's going to be that um, there's not a schedule yet, um, yep. but we know Gonzaga is one of the non-conference games. It sounds like there's probably only going to be about five-ish non-conference games and somewhere around I think the Seahawks game happens because of, Football not happening, so I think the basketball game will happen. Which would be in Iowa City. I yes. mean, if they just want to keep, if they want, if you know, if they want to keep kind of the rotation going, that would be in Iowa City, of course. Uh, you know, football not allowing any fans. I don't. I think if you if you don't allow football fans, you can't have basketball fans indoors. Indoors, I, I, I don't think so either. Uh, but man, it's it it could be it could be a fun fun year. Um could be a fun year for just Iowa winter sports in general. I mean, Iowa women um, should be pretty solid this year. Uh, the wrestling team is not going anywhere anytime soon. And I, I mean, think they, they finished the year number one. They should have won a national championship. Uh, that was kind of taken away from them. Um, but it, I believe they all got waivers. Yeah, I, I believe all of the winter athletes, uh, similarly to the fall athletes, are going to get waivers. So. You could still see uh, Spencer Lee could maybe get his four national champs, four-time national champion. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And of course, you know, looming over all this is uh, as we record this on October twenty-first. Is who the hell knows, you know, what the next month is going to look like, what the next three, what the next two weeks, nonetheless. 
yeah. um, much less the next month, three months, six months is going to look like too. So um, by all accounts, uh, reading reading some things through the, the Hawkeye forums and listening to uh, some other podcasts, it sounds like uh, a lot uh, of the Hawkeye basketball roster, the men's roster, has so, already had so COVID, had and I, with the I exception of pro- one, of, of sounds of possibly it. one. Yeah, so I mean, if you're looking at a roster of what 15, 16 guys, which that's I guess good at this point. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, you, you hate to have to. Hopefully, go it's that. like one of the walk-ons that hasn't had it yet. Yeah, yeah. You, who knows? Nerds, <laughs> dorks versus nerds. Yes. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So, 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 who knows? But I mean, the the table is set for. Um, what could be a really exciting and a really memorable for a lot of reasons basketball season. So, you know, here's certainly to hoping that um, not just the University of Iowa, but the but the Big Ten and all of the other conferences kind of bear it out. Obviously, um, you know, there's been some talk about how an NCAA tournament would happen this year. Should everybody be invited? Should you know no. what's going to happen? I, I I agree with you. I don't think so. One thing I do feel pretty certain of is that there will be some version of an NCAA tournament. Oh, for sure. The um, NCAA year. can't stand to have that happen twice in a year. They just, yeah, they can't do twice that two in years in a row. They between, make so much money off of that. Between everything else, not just, you know, with the tourney itself that was lost, but, you know, kind of all of the other, um, you know, revenue streams that the yeah. NCAA and, and, and the schools are not having by not having fans in the stands yeah, or by they having need short that money seasons. For sure. Um, a tournament's going to happen, possibly in March, hopefully in March, theoretically in March, but. Yeah, we'll just see how this all shakes out. But, um, you know, once we get a schedule, obviously we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. But I, I for one, uh, count me in as excited for Iowa basketball. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, kind of our little mini preview for what we know right now as far as basketball goes. Damn, it feels goes. good to be back. Right, it does. And I think we need to take a sec just to acknowledge um, kind of the genesis of what made us want to start doing this. Uh, something came to an end this Last week, I guess it was the end of last week, uh, the On Iowa podcast with Mark Morehouse and Scott Docterman of The Athletic. Uh, Mark Morehouse has retired from the Cedar Rapids Gazette well, after... He, he says don't say retired because his okay. wife is going to punch him. But <laughs> He's he's decided to take a, a break from the uh, sports writing world. Um, was on the Iowa beat for 22 years, almost 23, I believe he said. Predates Ferentz. Um, yeah. They've been doing their on Iowa podcast for 10 years. I mean, I remember listening to it. I had to download it from a desktop computer onto my iPod mm. so I could listen to it at work yeah. 10 years ago. Um, and really, it's kind of what made me kind of want to even think about doing this as opposed to writing about Iowa football. Um we may have probably stolen some a little bit of format and whatever from them, but who better? No, I mean when it came to uh, you know Iowa podcasts and and really honestly Iowa sports just, in general, really. I mean that, the, the guiding it, lights almost and just kind of like an introduction to what podcasts are or could mm-hmm. be. Um, I mean there there's just no equal to to on Iowa so. I mean, they're the reason that we would ask for Twitter questions, even though yeah. we don't ever get them really. Yeah. But we at least put a tweet out there sometimes asking for Twitter questions. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, w- without a doubt, uh, tip of the hat to, to Mark and to Scott. And obviously, it, it probably got a little bit harder um, after Scott left the Gazette and went to Land of 10. And then, you know, he's now at the Athletic. Where, uh, I, I've always wondered for a while how sustainable that might be with them kind of you know, getting together on this joint venture when, 
they now have two different employers, but um, gosh, the the number of miles spent between uh, Des Moines and Omaha when I was you know commuting back and forth, um, you know living and working in in Omaha, and then uh, as we were transitioning my wife and I back to to Des Moines for for wedding planning and, and moving. Uh, on Iowa was the thing, was the little nugget I look forward to, um, you know, not just during the season, but over, over the horse latitudes of the summer, yeah. you know, downloading that, knowing I had a, a two, two and a half hour drive ahead of me that I could knock that out and kind of just tune out the, the week that just was and tune out everything and kind of just hit the open road and listen to, to Mark and Scott for an hour and a half or two hours. Uh, th- those were, those, those were great times. And that's, that will be uh, for me kind of forever the uh, the paramount on Iowa mm-hmm. um, nostalgia that I have. Uh, I mean, certainly, you know, plenty of times over the years, you know, looking forward to it after a, a big game or leading yep. up to a big game. Um, but f- for me, it'll forever be those drives between Omaha and Des Moines, where um, you know, on Iowa, um, and <laughs> and oftentimes my dog uh, in the back seat was uh, was all I needed, and. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember. I think there was about like what three or four years ago a time where they, they had kind of some shitty recording equipment, and they yep. would like record a whole episode, and then it would like not take, and it was yep. lost. And I think there was almost a, or, or there was kind of like a, a mini hiatus in there about three yep, or four years ago where they just said to hell with it. This podcasting thing is, and then it, everybody lost their for shit. The birds and and yeah, God, I remember then like thinking, no, this can't really be the end, yep. is it? And it wasn't, but. Certainly feels like it is now. It's 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 basically everything we aspire to be. We want to be like them. We just don't have their credentials or intellect. So yeah, football smarts. Also, or if you're not an athletic subscriber, seriously, you should look into it because it's some of the best writing out there. They're not, you know, they're not a, they're not beholden to deadlines and you know number of words. They just get it's just sports writing in its purest form. Um, there's great fantasy football stuff. If you're into that, it's, it's well worth the money. That's the one thing I don't, I'm cheap, but I will gladly Confirmed. pay for that yeah. for that every year and happy to pay that membership because it's the best sports writing out there. Um, so yeah, so that's, there's our, there's our welcome back episode. Yeah. It feels We're good back. to kind of, kind of knock the rust off. Uh, I would imagine, you know, uh, God willing and, and health willing, we're all going to be here and, and kids willing, yep. uh, we'll be back here, you know, every... and again, thank you to our wives. Yes. yes us absolutely. Shout out Kristen and Holly. Uh, but we'll be here every, every, uh, week throughout the yep. football season and hopefully, you know, pretty regularly continuing on, um, once football's done. I mean, guys, this is the, uh, well, I, I guess it's not anymore, but we will have Iowa football every Saturday between now and Christmas. So, uh, yeah, you know, yep. more or less, and then you know from there, basketball will take the ball. So, um, and the Chiefs, <clears throat> and the Chiefs, of course. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, but oftentimes in these last few months, I've just really been looking for things and seeking out things to like look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be certainly one of them. Hopefully, you know, a, a full, you know, again to use air quotes, a full nine game football season yep. will be something to look forward to and. You know, shit, if we can get, uh, you know, uh, a couple months worth of Saturdays of Iowa football, some Iowa basketball sprinkled in there, we get into the spring, maybe get a vaccine. Um, that, that won't be a bad way to have spent the time. Yep. But until then, make sure you're staying safe out there. Stay smart. Wear a mask when you're in crowded areas. Just do Don't it, Don't be man. an asshole. Yeah. DBAA. Don't be an 
yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. Also, Borat 2 comes out this weekend, so that'll be fun. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If nothing else, if nothing else shakes out, if uh, if Iowa football gets canceled tomorrow, um, you know, depending on who you think you're rooting for uh, in the election, if that doesn't shake out in your favor, I'm sorry. Uh, but at the very least, yeah, there's going to be Borat, Borat 2 on 2. Amazon Prime. So, uh, God, when did that first one come out? Like 2006? 2006. 2006, so yep. 14 years ago. 14 years. Yeah, 21, 21-year-old me was pretty damn excited for say, the, 20-year-old for the me first was... one. Was very in. I mean, good God, how much did we do? We still reference the original Borat. Uh, too much. If nice. They, again, if, if you it's God, nice. God bless our wives. Too much. Yes. They, they would say so. If nothing else. There's that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, fire up a Amazon Video on Friday night and definitely check that out too. So for sure. All right. Well, hopefully we get a Hawkeye victory, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys.